LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become more confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week I'm joined by the amazing LWDG group expert Claire Denya and we are going to be talking all about the importance of inclusivity within the gun dog training world. How are you today Claire? I am very well Joe. thank you, how are you? I'm really good and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think it's a topic that I don't think it's been ignored, but I think maybe sometimes it's a conversation worth having. And that's around like the importance in gun dog training of building a community that really is for all. So let's start with gun dog training and competition. How fragmented is it at the moment? Yeah, it's quite fragmented. But I think it's really delving into where that fragmentation comes from and how we can find a way to resolve that and make people feel much comfortable and much more open to coming into that side of the gun dog training world because it's really frightening. And talking from you know very personal experience with it, you know I am a professional dog trainer. I've been doing this professionally now for seven years. And I have a passion for training gun dogs, specifically from a behavioral perspective and with reluctant retrievers. And I am really keen and really want to get into the competition world of gun dog training, you know, working tests and maybe potentially trials one day, who knows. However, that terrifies me. <laughs> I've been so honest about this on masterclasses and on our live coaching sessions, Joe, when people ask these questions about it. And I've, I, it's something I'm really, really honest about because I know that I can train a dog and I know that I can train a dog to work on the field. And I know I can train a dog to do the skill sets required to enter a working test. However, I find that personally very scary. I get incredibly nervous and I do have a serious case of imposter syndrome in those situations. And I have been physically sick at working tests and I haven't done many, you know, let me be clear. Um, and also I always feel there's a judgment over me because I'm a trainer, although I can train a dog, and I work with behavioral cases, I work with aggression, and all of these things, I think because you're a trainer, sometimes you feel like people expect your dog to do everything absolutely perfectly, and not make a mistake, and to just be able to rock up at a working test and just do your thing. But it's not that easy. And sadly, I don't think the I don't think all of the gun dog community are that open welcoming you know 
bring you know bring in the new people and this isn't just something i've experienced this is something lots of people i have spoken to have experienced this and there is such fragmentation in the gun dog world right now and also in the dog training world full stop there is so many fragmentations it's it, there's so much rivalry and whose way is the best way and which way is the right way and we've lost sight of why we're all doing this and the owners and the impact this has on the owners that was a big opening on that wasn't it <laughs> and like i always say to our members like i I came into the dog training world, not the dog training world, but even the gun dog world in a really odd way. Yeah. And the whole of the LWDG built in a really odd way because I'm not a dog trainer. And for a long time, I suppose I was completely oblivious to all the, the sort of things that were going on at a trainer level or what maybe a new person coming in was feeling because I came into it with my dad and my dad trained me and my uncle trains gun dogs. So I sort of lived in this little bubble where I was just like, I had these little group of people around me who were all really lovely and friendly. Like I knew I didn't want to go into like the big Facebook groups, but I felt that was more, I didn't want to take into, take on the keyboard warriors that live across the whole globe, not just in yeah. gun dogs and then. And then we built this little bubble, the ladies working dog, where everybody's lovely to everybody. So again, I was really unaware of it. But I do see as the years go on, as the months go on, I see people in our little bubble where they're safe, very scared to go out into the rest of the gun dog world to take their dogs to training sessions, to take their dogs to competitions. And I think that's incredibly sad because I think the only way new people learn not to be new people or novices learn not to be novices is if the rest of the world or the rest of the industry say, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. So to hear you as a trainer say, I'm a trainer, but I'm still crap scared to go to work in test. It shows how frightening it can be, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we always say every dog is different. Well, every handler is different as well. And some people are just not phased by that sort of thing. Some people are not phased by competition. In fact, some people thrive on it. Now, I've never been that way. And the only reason I ever enter competition is so that I can gauge where I'm at with my dog. Not because I'm trying to compete against other people, but because I want to improve my skills and my dog's skills. And sometimes that's one of the best or better ways, not best, but better ways of getting that feedback. However, that's all well and good if that feedback is constructive, if it's helpful, if it's kind and if it's fair. But if you're turning up and people are rude to you or telling you that you shouldn't be there or that because you're a trainer, you should do this or because you're, you know, if you think about it, if you're a first time dog owner, you've never trained a gun dog before, okay, and you're doing really, really well and your trainer says to you, I think you should have a go at a working test. As a trainer, I want to encourage my clients to do that, regardless of how I feel about doing that, because their dogs are good and I'm proud of them and I want them to see how amazing they're doing and to grow in confidence. So I will encourage my clients to do things even that I hate doing myself because they're good and their dogs are good. And I'm like, 
Okay, maybe it's not my thing, but maybe it is theirs, so let me help them get there. So then if they go and they have a great time, that's a massive confidence boost and a big builder for them. And even if they, and if they get a placing, which when they do, I'm like, I'm more happy for them about that than I am about my own little successes. Um, that's brilliant. But if they come back from that first experience and a judge has been rude to them or another competitor has been rude to them or judged them or they felt like people are talking negatively about them, that can be a massive confidence knock. And I just think that that should stop. I think that's really unfair. And I think it just shouldn't be that way because, you know, we want to... The gun dog clubs are always saying that they want to bring fresh people in and they want people to join the clubs and come and participate in things. But then that experience needs to be good, right? You know, when a client comes to train with me, I don't care what level their dog is. I want their experience to be good. And I want them to come along and think, I've learned a lot and I feel confident in myself. And I don't see why that should be any different for the first time you enter a working test or anything like that. I absolutely agree in everything you've just said. And I think it's a really important to build an inclusive community. Now, there are people who are listening to this, and I'm sure there's men listening to this and say, what the hell are you on about, Joe? You run a ladies' working dog group. You are, <laughs> we exclude men, right? And I take that on board. But we've excluded men from a part of what we do. This podcast is available to all. We're inclusive to all, regardless of like race, gender, social economic structure we 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 put this podcast out every single week to help as many people as we possibly can wherever they are in the world we have our heartless handler course it's there for everybody men women everyone can do it we're trying to help there's this one part of what we do where we are exclusive but that exclusivity has literally been set up <clears throat> to keep the environment safe from a very small minority of men who are aggressive to women in the working dog world so a few spoiler for the whole but in order to keep our environment safe that's what we need to do and that's what we always will do but do you think that what people see when they step outside of our bubble it's not just men who are maybe mean to them by their dogs it's other women as well and do you think this whole like judging people especially when they knew it needs to stop because you're cutting off new growth right to the very root yeah no i i 100 percent agree and it's not just men and i know some okay obviously my husband being one but a very lovely man in the gun dog training world <laughs> um, but i know hundreds of men in the community in the gun dog community and dog training community that are adorable and wonderful and supportive. But you're right, there are a few that aren't. Um, but equally, there are women that are not. And I'm going to just throw this in there, Joe, just into the mix. But equally, you have got the different, and I don't want to get into this because this is what this podcast is about, but you have to, we have to recognise it as an issue. You've got the different training groups, let's just say at the moment, that... Quite frankly, at the minute, there's a war going in in the dog training world, you know, between whether you're positive only or force free or the balance training community or whether you're Lima or whether you're Prama or, well, I just hate labels full stop. I know what my methodology is. But these people are being very, very cruel to one another, 
So if you look at the force-free trainers or the positive only people that are promoting never putting pressure on or never correcting or never using punishment on a dog, but they're quite openly being very rude and horrible and dismissive to people, that doesn't really fit, does it? And <laughs> but I'm not just saying it's them. I'm saying all the groups. When did we stop caring about what was best with, for the dog and for the owner and, you know, focus on our way is the only way? And that's the problem. The problem is when people are saying my way is the only way. We all have a right to have our own ethos that we're comfortable with to work with training methods that we're comfortable with and, and work for the dog and handler that we're working with individually. But I don't think anyone has a right to be cruel to other people as well as not be cruel to dogs. I think that should just be the way that it is. And whether we're talking about working tests or whether we're talking about differences of opinion in training methods and whether we're talking about whatever the groups, like you said, whether it's men or women, when did we stop just thinking and caring about the community as a whole and work together? I have dozens of dog trainers and gun dog trainers train their dogs with me and I welcome them and I don't judge them on that. I make sure they're very clear on my ethos and my training mythology. I think that's the right word, mythology. I may have made that up. Um, <laughs> but I welcome them and I'm always keen to hear what they have to say um, about stuff because we're all learning every day. I've really babbled, Joe. <laughs> no, you've not babbled. And like, you know, we have this huge ethos, train the dog in front of you. It's like, if everybody, well, if I had a pound for every single, like, email I get saying, what methodology, methodology do you teach in the group? I'm like, A, I don't teach anything. And we teach train the dog in front of you because what will suit this dog will not suit this dog will not suit this dog. And I think that's the only way to be fair to the dog and I think that's the part of maybe these fights like you just said it gets lost it's like what does the dog need from you as an owner yeah. not, you know, mm -hmm. not what camp do I want to stick my giant flag into and go and fight to the death for and I suppose I get frustrated in it all because we are really lucky in our community to see many different types of trainers from many different places around the world pretty much all get on the same thing and even if they don't agree with with each other they might not agree but then they don't get that into a nasty argumentative keyboard warrying war it's just scroll on if you don't like it scroll on you know let other people still have an opinion because what you might not agree with today in six months time with a new dog you might have to agree with it because that dog needs exactly that from you i think all this backbiting it just makes us look it just makes us look nasty it does it makes us look nasty and it filters through into what the handlers see and it filters through into people wanting to do more things with their dog because you know i would absolutely you know i would absolutely hate it you know if you got to a point where it was like well I train with a force. Can you imagine if handlers walked around saying, I train with a force-free trainer who only does this, and then some another handler says, you know, I train with a balanced trainer who does this, and another person says, I, and it's like, what does that all even mean? 
I mean, really, what does that all even mean? And then we're dividing. If you look at our ladies working dog group community, then you're actually starting to create a divide within the ladies in the community because they're going to start saying, well, I train with this person because they use these methods instead of just saying, I train with a really good trainer who works with every dog individually. There's even sometimes, I think, a, a divide on, it's, it's not just like um, the things that we would naturally have a classification for, like men, women, you know, age, all those things, but it's even down to when we separate on skill level. And I, I think that frustrates me the most, where we use skill level as a barrier, because I think within the Gundog community, there is a huge divide from having a new pup to the point where you can get a working test. That's a big, not lonely space, but it's a long time before you're ready to compete. That's like a yes. huge area where if you want to compete, there's not really much there, is there? No, there's not. And here's the thing. So I get my clients to a certain point and then if their dog is ready, I will say to them, I really think you should have a go at working test. Forget how I feel about them. And I say that to the clients, forget how I feel about them. Ignore me sweating in the corner over it. I said, your dog is ready. And if it's something you fancy having a go at, go and have a go at it. Your dog has the skill set. You know, I know the skill sets required of a spaniel to enter spaniel tests. I know the skill set required of a HPR to enter a HPR test. I know the skill sets required much better of a retriever because that's the line I own and, and I've done it with myself um, on a small scale. I always say that because I don't want people thinking like, oh, she does all these working tests. No, she really doesn't. Um, <laughs> yet, I might look back on this podcast in a year's time and go, do you remember when I said that? I've done loads. So. <laughs> But anyway, I know the skill sets that are required, but at some point, if that client wants to have a go, that first test is the first test. So we do run, each summer we run um, a training day at our facility for it. So a retriever working test training day. So they get to, you know, we get a proper judge in and he comes in and goes through and with John and I and we teach the skill sets and we go through the rules and we go through what to expect on a working test day um, and we run some mock tests we do the same for the spaniels as well um, but there has to come a point where that client has to take that first big step and it is a big step it's a massive leap from a training day or attending your classes to your first working test and when you that client gets there i want to know that that client's going to be welcomed that they're going to be supported that they're going to get constructive feedback um, from the judge and yes things might go wrong because we're working with dogs not robots so i might know that client spaniel can hunt a nice pattern it can sit on flush it can sit on shot um, it can do marks and it can do blind so it has the skill set but the first time that owner walks into that first working test with that dog new environment that's your first challenge lots of strange dogs and people there's a second challenge the atmosphere is another challenge you can't train for that you can go to training days and learn the skill sets and get more used to this is what to expect but you still it's still a massive jump for that first time so i as a trainer want to feel confident that my client's first experience is going to be a positive one 
And at the moment, that's not a guarantee. And it's that lack of consistency, isn't it? Like, we've had loads of women who've gone to work first working test, they come back into the group, they write this big, huge spiel about how much they loved it, what they've learned, how proud they are of their dogs, all that stuff. And we are there to applaud them and give them the recognition they deserve for everything that they've done. And it's so, so amazing to see. And mm. then you get these ones where that just hasn't been that experience for them. And you think, You've got one side of the coin who, who are getting to see the Gundog world in one way and loving every yeah. minute of it. And then you've got others who are getting to see uh, an underside, an underbelly. That's just not fun. And then they get pushed away. That's what we've got to stop, isn't it? There's, we've got to keep on recognising the stuff that's being done really, really well and really, really supporting people and maybe discourage on, a, on an industry-wide level those who are are mean who don't encourage newcomers it, it just shouldn't be the case in this day and age that people get treated like that you know and i had two of my clients attend their very first spaniel test last weekend i wrote a big post so i didn't care that i so i had three clients um last weekend all attend working tests with their dogs for two of them it was their first ever working test for one of them, she's done working tests before, but not with that dog. And it was a while back. So she's not, I don't think she's done loads very recently, but it was a young dog taking in. One went to one test. It was a retriever test, had the best day, had great feedback. And then the two that went to another test, they sadly had sad stories to tell me about how they were spoken to by people. Um, and I just think that that's not on it's not appropriate and that's not a good first experience for them people when they've worked the, the judges and the people don't understand the massive steps that that handler's taken to get there that day maybe the behavioral um problems they've overcome with their dog that maybe their dog didn't have a recall six months ago and now it's can you know work on a shoot you know there's so many things they shouldn't just be judged of course it's a working test they're going to be judged on the technique in that moment but that's all they should be judged on not on whether or not your dog's ready or whether or not your dog is you know got what it takes that's just unnecessary mean feedback what they should be hearing is well done for your first test this is what you need to work on to improve come back and try again when you've done that why, why can't they all just be like that <laughs> yeah and i suppose like i grew up around horses and for a long time i did loads of like local shows and they were amateur shows and let's be honest I could be on the horse backwards and you would have probably came forth because they, there's like this like grassroots level encouraging kids to get into it encouraging people to want to be around the sport there is no match where you can go you know there's like not even i know it's meant to be working tests for new handler new dog or novice handler novice dog um and in that class even if it's just that class there should not be allowed nasty word to be spoken because everybody's crapping themselves at that point and for a judge the judge must remember when they were novice dog novice handler and they too were crapping themselves possibly with a dog that didn't get them to the point where they're now judges they've learned they've been on that whole journey you know hours and hours and hours of dedication to this sport 
if we if we frighten people and then they stop their journey at that point we lose the future judges we lose the future um people who continue to help our sport go in absolutely i 100 percent agree with everything that you just said is that's exactly it and the thing is the gun dog training community is threatened enough by will we even be able to have shoots down the line so if we don't have shoots down the line all we have left really is gun dog training for working tests isn't it really so we need to make this more welcoming more inclusive you know the thing is I am not a pro at that side of things, but I have experienced being on that side of it a few times, a couple of a couple of times with, with Indy when she was younger, you know, over, once we'd overcome her being gun shy. And that's the thing, when I think back to that first working test, and this is an example of it. I mean, it was many years ago, she's 11 now. She must've been about two and a half at the time, maybe three. And she had overcome being gun shy, fearful of dogs and people, and so for me, getting to a working test, even being in a position of having her there where there was going to be shot and other people and other dogs was a big deal, a big deal. And um, it was only a charity test and we did well. We did OK. We didn't come first or anything like that. It was just a charity test and we did OK. But for me, the achievement to get there and I was watching these other dogs that were like, you know, clearly you know really good and I was like that's so cool that's so so cool and I have I take my hat off to people that train their dogs you know back then I looked at that and went wow you know but I had a great day but I had overcome and achieved a lot just to even get myself to the point of being able to attend that day um and I did then do two more working tests I think in total with India I did four which isn't a lot and then Rose, my youngest, she's obviously very young. Well, she's just turned four now. And I've done, I think, four with her. <laughs> so I don't have loads of experience in this because I find it terrifying. But I have got better with Rose than I was with India, dealing with my nerves and dealing with things. And Rose is doing well. And we've come away with some good scores. We've made mistakes. And we haven't had a placing yet. You know, and I'm okay with that. But as a trainer, I know that I feel a lot of pressure to do okay because I'm a trainer. But I've had to really remould how I think because my job as a trainer is to help people achieve with their dogs. Whether or not I'm competing is a little bit irrelevant in the way I see it. If other people want me to help them get there, that's cool. But I don't feel like I have to prove myself. But when I get in that situation, because of the attitudes of other people, I do feel like I have to prove something. And that's where the pressure comes in. And like, if I look back, Dad did loads of tests and trials. And I used to see what he was like coming back. And if he'd been judged fairly, he would come home and whether he'd been placed or not, he was always chilled there. If he felt that the judge had been fair with him, and yep. given him positive feedback or just said, you know, this is what you need to work on, right, or whatever, he was always happy. If he came back and they had not been fair or they'd said things that maybe shouldn't have been said, he used to be so cross. Now, looking back, I witnessed that before I was even part of this sport. I've never been in any rush to go do a test myself from watching what my father was like coming back. Mm. So when people come back and they've been treated unfairly, 
they tell other people that's the nature of life and then how many others don't come forward don't join gun dog clubs don't get involved because they've seen people get hurt by it and we've got to be clear on this when we're talking about it the majority of people have a fabulous time and yeah enjoy it. we've just got to stop this negative vibe whether it's around tests or competitions or training where people are like sniping at others because not only does it affect the people they're sniping at it affects all of us in a negative way mm, absolutely and you know for me i would love to see trainers and gun dog trainers of all different backgrounds and even of all different you know um method that word mythology <laughs> can't say it now at all Mythology. yeah that one <laughs> all work together for the better for the good of the dog and the owner and for the sport and for the industry you know to, to see that but we have to always put first what's right for the dog what gets the best result for the dog you know to not be closed minded to that um and what's gonna give our future of this industry a really fighting chance to welcoming new younger people into the sport and into the industry it's just so important so important well i think we've ranted about this in in an in a needed way like we don't love to, like love to rant in fact and we dislike it but i think sometimes our platform allows us to just pull into light the fact that people can't continue to behave in the way they're doing and just to encourage our listeners to take like action within their own communities to keep on making it more inclusive making them more welcoming all the time especially in light of the fact of like for example in crafts a gun dog breed has won a second year we will yep. see without doubt more people with those puppies so do we choose the high road which we should choose which is okay they've ended up with a gun dog let's help them because they're going to need that help or should we have a really bad attitude towards them because they shouldn't have had that gun dog in the first place we've got to always go to the to the higher ground haven't we people yes. with proper spaniels who had no clue we need to all stand up and say it doesn't matter let's get you training let's get you sorted you you know you didn't know what you were getting but you've got him you love him let's sort that out with the legatos with the other dogs that are going to come from it every single year from every different thing the next film that comes out with the gun dog region yes. every person will want one we have to just say it is what it is let's help them not it is what it is let's condemn them yeah let's let's be a community of trainers of educators of supporters who are there to help owners achieve the best things they possibly can with their dogs behaviorally training wise and achieve their goals you know that is what we as trainers and as a community strive to do and when i look at the ladies working dog group we're striving for that all the time you know we don't allow people to be rude to other people on the conversations you know we monitor that we make sure people are being fair that they're being constructive and helpful um and i think more of that is what's needed generally in the whole dog training world and especially in the dog training community gun dog training community you know let, let's all really support one another and come together um, and do what's best and right for the dogs and owners absolutely agree with you on this clear. and the reality would be if we have that mentality across the industry 
the people we affect will be the people who will support us in the future when we face should there be shooting should there be gun dogs hunting on land the more people we support the more people we have in our corner as and when it's needed the time for sort of being exclusive to only those with the right dog with the right face with the right clothing the right fit that needs to go and be replaced with this idea of gun dog training is for all regardless of background yeah nailed it well thank you very much for another powerful podcast i love having these chats with you i hope that the listeners have enjoyed it too if you would like to comment if you'd like to find out more anything like that if you want to just be part of what we do we have a ladies only open community for women you don't need to be a member so you can just come and join and talk to us all there we are open to anyone who wants to be supportive and encouraging of the community they want to be part of and for those of you who are not maybe that mindful of these things just have a little think about how what your behavior does to affect you but also to the industry as a whole um thank you for listening and we hope to speak to you all next week Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog. Thank you.